Hello, and welcome to the Encouragement Expert Podcast. We're glad you're joining us today. Let's join Pastor Wes Doffenbaugh with today's encouraging word titled, Pray for Justice. Praise the Lord. It's a delight to be with you today. I love each one of you. God bless you in Jesus' name. Well, I want to preach a message or teach a message called Pray for Justice. This has made a big impression on me as I've studied this out and uh, believe it's changed my life. I hope it'll be a positive change for you as well. Shall we say a prayer together? Father, we ask you to speak to us by your word and let your word do the wonderful things in us that you intend for it to do, that we in turn may be a blessing to multitudes of others. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the message is called Pray for Justice. My introduction, you know, Jesus said there were three most important matters of the law, and he said they were justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So justice was first, and that's in Matthew 23, 23. Now, I've read that scripture hundreds of times. I've listened to it, you know, on audio CD or through my phone hundreds of times. And uh, I just always uh, never thought too much about justice because when I would hear that, I'd just think, well, I treat everybody fairly. I don't lie. I don't cheat. So it was as if I was checking off that little box of justice like, no problem, I'm a just person. Well, there's a problem with living like that. You see, it's a subtle assumption that we could get justice if we needed it in court, in business, or in other areas of life. However, I've become aware of just how little true justice there is in the whole world. For instance, our Justice Department, which includes the FBI uh, in the United States, spent a great deal of time and money trying to convict innocent people like General Mike Flynn or President Donald Trump while excusing illegal behavior by their own agents. Recently, I read the book uh, by Sidney Powell, the attorney uh, called uh, License to Lie, and she was uh, defending one of the people uh, who was charged by government prosecutors in the Enron case, but he had nothing to do with any injustice at Enron, and yet they put him in prison for over a year and tormented him and tortured him and kept bringing it back and trying to get him in prison again. Just a horrible story of injustice. Now, I believe that anybody with ears to hear and eyes to see will see that there's been vast injustice practiced in the 2020 presidential election, and it's a wide-scale, uh, you know, plan and uh, to steal the election from President Trump and give it to Joe Biden. So, uh, if the evidence is presented in court, in most cases, it's been ignored so that justice has been denied. Another example is that George Soros has given millions of dollars <clears throat> to help elect real radical, now I don't, I don't know if you call them attorney generals or a, uh, attorneys general, <laughs> but uh, whatever they're called, AGs, let's call them AGs, uh, they can be really evil, lawless people. The guy that's the AG in Los Angeles, for instance, has decided by himself that there won't be any bail required, so criminals are just put right back out on the street. And many of the crimes, like damage to property, will no longer be charged as a crime. Well, and another example is the same type of AG from uh, uh, St. Louis, when the uh, rioters were coming through, broke down their property gate, entered their property, threatened to, dis to, to kill them, uh, those man and wife were standing outside their home with guns. They didn't point the gun at anybody. They just, but rather than the rioters being charged who broke and damaged property and threatened people, the homeowner was charged. Now, that's an example of just horrible injustice. Uh, so in Portland and Seattle and L.A., uh, these are three cities where there's very little prosecution of anyone who riots and does property damage. And now there are proposals in these city councils of these major cities, the three most major cities in, in our states on the West Coast, uh, that they're going to allow homeless encampments in any neighborhood. Now, the homeowners are still going to have to obey all the zoning rules, but the homeless don't need to obey any rule. So, and I'm just continuing to notice injustice. 
Now, I continue to pray that the truth about the stealing of the 2020 presidential election will be presented before just judges and that justice will be done. By the time you get this, we'll find out exactly what's happened because the big uh, Texas uh, suing uh, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Uh, We'll have to find out just any moment now whether the Supreme Court is going to take that case and hear it or if they'll just dismiss it. So I have a question. How could injustice in America get so bad? Well, I want to ask you a personal question. How often do you ask God to raise up judges and attorney generals or AGs who fear God and act justly? How often do you pray for that? How often do you pray and ask God to raise up just media people who will not suppress the truth? How often do you pray that the corporations that now censor our speech constantly will be forced to stop the unjust robbery of our constitutional rights to free speech? Folks, if you're like me, you would probably have to admit that you almost never pray for any of those things because we just minded our own business. But praying for God to raise up just judges should be our business. Now listen, if the body of Christ would wake up and start praying for justice every day and watch for the injustice in the world and then pray that God will correct that, it would be as if a huge sleeping giant has awakened. You see, the the Christians that love Jesus, they can get answers to prayer where the billionaires who don't serve Jesus just serve the Antichrist spirit They cannot get answers to prayer. So why is there still so much injustice? Well, one of the reasons is we we just minded our own business and didn't treat anybody with injustice, but we didn't pray for justice to be done. Now, that's my introduction. My first point is justice is in scarce supply in the world in general and in America. You know, liberty and justice for all is part of our pledge to the flag. But many of our liberties have been taken away by governors and mayors using dictatorial powers to force mandatory lockdowns, often that make no sense at all, where strip clubs are uh, open uh, and the churches are closed down. Uh, and and just stupid stuff like that, or outdoor dining shut down when there's no uh, no factual evidence that outdoor dining spreads COVID-19. So uh, much injustice there. Now, justice for all, that's just an idea. It's not going to happen without miracles from God. Now, when you read Habakkuk, <clears throat> start out with chapter 1. It sounds like it's written in 2020. Listen how he starts. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There's strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Boy, that sounds like it's right up to date. Now, God answered him and said, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. I'm going to do something in your days not just at the end of the age, but in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. And what God did was bring in the Babylonian army from far away and destroyed that whole wicked, unjust country and punished them for their injustice. Now, in our case, I want, to do God, I want God to do something utterly amazing and cause President Trump's cause to prevail in court. But we'll find out Uh, by the time uh, you get this, (laughs) whatever happens will probably be old news. But anyway, that's how I'm praying. Now, uh, if uh, Biden's wins in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin are overturned, uh, he would not have enough electoral votes, and that would throw the choice for president into the House of Representatives where each state will have one vote. Dick Morris Uh, says that Republicans would have 27 votes, the Democrats would have 22. Um, I don't know, that doesn't add up to 50. So I don't know about the 50th state. Maybe it's half and half and wouldn't be able to vote. But it would favor the Republicans. If it was thrown into the House of Representatives, uh, President Trump would be the winner. 
Now, weeks before the presidential election, Veronica West saw a vision of Joe Biden and President Trump running a foot race. Biden took off before the starter's gun sounded, which was cheating, and Trump ran according to the rules. He started when the gun went off, and so he lost the race. But uh, a panel of nine judges told Biden that he was he won the race, they said, but you won the race, but you're disqualified. Now, uh, she didn't know that uh, there was going to be so much cheating in the election because it was before the election. But in her vision, the marshal of the race who fired the starting gun showed no concern whatever that Joe Biden cheated. That sounds, in my opinion, like Attorney General Barr of our, our nation's attorney general, who has shown no concern about the fraud of the election. And in fact, he said there's not enough evidence of fraud to overturn the election. But he hadn't hadn't even looked at anything yet. Well, in another vision, Veronica saw uh, Biden and Trump uh, playing high-stakes poker, and when they laid down their cards, Trump said full house and won the game. Now, those visions were weeks before the election. She had no way of knowing uh, Biden's race would be won by cheating, and she didn't understand the rules of poker or our constitutional provisions for having the House decide who could be president in special times like this. Now, but for the House to get a chance to choose the right president, there would have to be justice first in the courts. Now, listen carefully to what I say. Proverbs 29.4 says, By justice a king gives stability uh, to the country. I'll read it again. By justice a king gives a country stability, but those who are greedy for bribes tear it down. See, justice gives our country stability. If our Supreme Court lets Democratic governors change election rules in swing states instead of the constitutional way of having state legislatures make the rules, then we can never have a fair election again. Cheating will be the rule, you see? And it'll be whoever wins will be whoever cheats the most. Now, can you imagine that kind of instability? Injustice means instability. So... If, if, if the Supreme Court doesn't step in and correct this mess, that means that the way is open for a military dictatorship to take over the country. Why? There'd be so much instability. The red states and the blue states are divided against each other. Uh, there has never been such division in our country since the Civil War. And... Uh, Two, two teams can't compete in sports if they don't agree to the rules. You can't have one team playing by one rules and another team playing by the other rules. And so we simply can't have one rule for election in uh, blue states and another in the red states. Does that make sense? So if they don't hear the case, then they're completely uh, unjust. Uh, they've got to hear the case. This has got to be settled. The evidence has to be presented. Well, in this case before the Supreme Court, Texas is suing uh, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, and 17 other states at this point have joined them as well as the president. But it's not just Trump's win that's at stake. See, it's much more than that. The entire nation is at stake because unless our elections are held according to law, constitutional law, there can be no union of the states. Now, Isaiah prophesied this, See how the faithful city has become a prostitute. She once was full of justice. Righteousness used to dwell in her, but now murderers. Isaiah 121, It is said that a Biden administration would be the most pro-abortion administration in our nation's history. And already the Democrat governors of Massachusetts and Virginia have signed laws allowing babies who survive an abortion just to be left to die. Well, that's genocide. This is horrible. Talk about injustice. Now, consider the transgender movement. And I don't hate people that are confused about their sexuality. I believe they're victims of Satan who's lied to them. But how unjust is it to allow young men with male genitals and male muscles and male skeletons to compete against young women in women's sports? <laughs> That is just men oppressing women in a new way by identifying 
as women, and it's utter madness. It's satanic injustice. But if I said that in the nation of Norway, I would be imprisoned for a year or more, even if I said it within the privacy of my own home, and one of my family members turned me in. Now, the Democratic Party in the U.S. is headed towards that type of great injustice. And, uh, you know, through the things they declare hate speech, they're pretty much trying to overrule freedom of speech. So, I believe the Democrats in particular, and a lot of other people too, but they in particular keep finding practical applications for injustice and invent new ways of injustice, the Democrat Party. Now, my second point is there can be no justice without truth, and truth and justice must go together. So, a few days ago, my wife was saying, we've got to pray that the truth comes out. And I told her, well, that won't be enough. We've got to pray that the truth comes out and gets before just judges because the truth means nothing to unjust judges. They just ignore it or they deny it or they suppress it or they trample it. Now, the Bible says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, Romans 1.18. And then Paul continued, now we know that God's judgment against those who do such thing is based on truth. See, real justice is always based on truth. The psalmist prayed, in your majesty, ride forth victoriously in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. Let your right hand achieve awesome deeds, Psalms 45. Now notice, truth, humility, and justice go together, you see, Truth, humility, and justice go together. So that's why prideful, arrogant judges have little room in their courts for truth or justice. Now, evil people suppress the truth in wickedness. An example of this is Facebook, Twitter, and Google censoring any story about Hunter Biden's laptop and all the information showing the corruption of the Biden family, uh, including directly linking Joe Biden to the selling of influence. See, they just uh, uh, shut down all stories, any mention of that. Well, that's suppressing the truth in wickedness. Now, Paul wrote, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved, 2 Thessalonians 2.10. We've got to love truth. I'm going to give you a list of what evil judges and evil attorney generals or AGs uh, do to justice. First of all, they deny justice. Solomon wrote, if you see the poor oppressed in a district and justice and rights denied, do not be surprised at such things, for one official is eyed by a higher one, and over them both are others still, Ecclesiastics 5.8. Another thing, they betray justice. Proverbs 16.10, the lips of a king speak as an oracle and his mouth does not betray justice. Well, it has to be a spiritual leader. It has to be someone humble who loves truth that won't betray justice. Judas, of course, betrayed justice. I think, my opinion, Chief Justice John Roberts is one who has betrayed justice when the case of Obamacare was before him. It was clearly an unconstitutional law, very clearly. And he... Uh, rewrote the law so that it could be considered a tax and therefore be lawful. Judges aren't supposed to write the laws. So, my opinion, uh, that was a betrayal of justice. Now, the Bible says these evil people pervert justice. Proverbs 17, 23, the wicked accept bribes in secret to pervert the course of justice. And justice is perverted in two ways. When the guilty are acquitted and the innocent are convicted. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 15, that God detests both those things. Here it goes. Acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, the Lord detests them both. And both of those things pervert justice. Another thing they do is they withhold justice. And the Bible says, cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow. Well, it'd be cursed to withhold justice from a businessman. But you see, this is talking about the most vulnerable people, the most easy ones to withhold justice from would be the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow. And, And what this verse is saying is God cares about justice for everybody, even the weakest. That's Deuteronomy 27, 19. 
Now, it says cursed is anyone who withholds justice. Well, what about then withholding justice from President Trump and more than 74 million people who voted for him? Another thing evil judges and AGs do, uh, they neglect justice. Now, Jesus said to the Pharisees, you have neglected justice. So you see, justice, if it's not practiced, is neglected. Now, an example of this, I probably have already said this, but Ge uh, Attorney General Bill Barr foolishly said the Department of Justice had not found enough evidence of fraud to overturn the election. But when he said that they hadn't looked at the evidence gathered by the Trump campaign or the huge amount of evidence gathered by the Thomas More Society or by Attorney General Sidney Powell or, or many, many other people. And that's neglecting justice. Then they deprive a people of justice. So Proverbs 18.5 says, It's not good to be partial to the wicked and so deprive the innocent of justice. How about uh, Democratic Party judges being partial to Democratic candidates and depriving Republican voters of justice? Well, then another thing they said, they hate justice. Amos prophesied, there are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth, Amos 5.10. This is an example uh, of the way the media mocks Rudy Giuliani, a main attorney for President Trump. Uh, he upholds justice in the courts. He's telling the truth, but he's hated and he's detested. And then it says they have no concern for justice. The Bible says the righteous care about injustice, about the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Now, many Democrat leaders have adopted the mentality of the Russian dictator and mass murderer Joseph Stalin, who said it's not who votes that counts, it's who counts the votes. And so Another thing they do is they make a mock of justice. So the Bible says a corrupt witness mocks at justice and the mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. This is what the fake news media outlets do. They mock at justice when they say there's no evidence of fraud or they say there's no evidence that Hunter Biden did anything wrong and blah, blah. You know, it's mocking at justice. Now, they'll say Trump's team has produced no evidence of massive voter fraud. That's an example of mocking at justice. And then Amos said this. They turned justice into poison. He said, for the Lord has given a command and he will smash the great houses into pieces and the small houses into bits. Do horses run on the rocky crags? Of course, horses hate to run on rocks. So the answer is no, of course not. Does one plow the sea with oxen? Well, of course not. But then he says, but you have turned justice into poison which is even more stupid than running a horse on the rocks or trying to plow the sea with an ox. You've turned justice into poison and the fruit of righteousness into bitterness, Amos 6, 11. The Supreme Court just recently refused to hear the case out of Oregon where parents were suing to prevent the school district from letting boys who identify as girls use the girls' bathroom and showers. <laughs> Folks, that's an example of turning justice into poison. Now, I just read today, this is December 11th when this is recorded, 2020, uh, Democrat uh, Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard is from Hawaii. She's just introduced a bill to ban biological men from women's sports. That's a wonderful, that's a good thing. I'm proud of her for, for submitting that bill. Now, she's been real left-wing because she's a supporter of Bernie Sanders. But now the left is savaging her, calling her a bigot. And also J.K. Rowling is the one who wrote the Harry Potter series, which I think has done tremendous damage to our youth. But she's saying that this transgender stuff is crazy, and she's getting rape and death threats constantly because she speaks out about it. And she writes this. She says, my correspondents have included medical staff, social workers, prison workers, workers in women's ref refuges and members of the LGB community, including trans people. And she added, some of the most heartbreaking letters I've received have been from young women who regret the irreversible surgeries they've und undertaken. 
These stories need to be told. Well, congratulations to those brave women. Now, Joe Biden has promised to greatly promote the transgender madness if he becomes president. I say, God forbid. See, this is an injustice to the parents and to the youth themselves. We need to pray that God will empower those who fight for justice in this area and save our culture and the world from this satanic madness. Now, the Bible says God created them male and female, and God creates men and women. And uh, so when the devil says, you're not created, you just evolved, you don't have a God, you don't have a creator, well then, if that's the case, you can the devil says, now you can choose your identity. You can choose whether you want to be male or female. That's a lie. You can't choose. You're born that way. You're created that way. You have a creator. You can't, you can't choose that. You can choose your identity, but you could identify as, a, as someone from Mars or a cat or a dog. It wouldn't make it so. Well, Another thing they do is they despise justice. Micah cried out, Hear this, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, who despise justice and distort all that is right. Therefore, because of you, Zion will be plowed like a field. Jerusalem will become a heap of rubble. The temple hill a mound overgrown with thickets. In other words, God really hates injustice. And uh, uh, it can put the whole nation at risk. And nations, God has destroyed many nations because of vast injustice. Now, my third point is never take justice for granted. You see, justice is so rare on planet Earth that it's included in the Bible in a list of miraculous faith events. I'm talking about Hebrews chapter 11, which gives us a long list of exploits done by heroes of faith. And after saying many of these things, the writer says, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Now, Notice that this is a list of miracles done by faith. And did you notice it says, who through faith administered justice? <laughs> Daniel administered justice. Mordecai administered justice. Solomon was famous when the two prostitutes were arguing over whose baby it was because uh, one of them had laid on her baby and killed it accidentally in the night. And so he said, bring me a sword, cut the baby in two, give half to each mother. And the real mother cried out, no, give the baby to her. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, that immediately let him know who the real mother was. And so everyone knew that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. Well, what I'm saying again here, don't take justice for granted. It, uh, it, it takes a miracle. It's miraculous when justice is administered on the earth. Now, for generations, many of the political elite in Washington, D.C. have been fellow Masons of the Masonic Lodge. My dear father got to be a 33rd degree Mason, and I argued with him, I blasted it, and for two years we didn't speak to each other, but I let him know, you, I said, you cannot... Uh, you, you're putting in these blood oaths, you're putting uh, the Masonic Lodge above God and country. And I said to him, you are checkmated. We used to play chess a lot. Well, you see, in the Masonic Lodge, in the higher degrees, uh, in a lower degree, they'll say, we'll cover our brother Mason's crimes, excluding murder and treason. Then you go a few degrees higher and they say, we'll co cover our brother's crimes, including murder and treason. Now, that's a blood oath in the Masonic Lodge. And uh, many of our presidents have been Masons. Uh, what, is, what that means is the Masonic Lodge is a satanic brotherhood. See, they say we're the, we, we emphasize the brotherhood of all men. Yeah, that's a lie. It's a satanic brotherhood. Now, there's an elaborate Masonic temple. The architecture is gorgeous, you know, a real outstanding in Washington, D.C. It's a landmark. It's a tourist attraction, but it's also a great center of injustice. And no wonder the Masonic Lodge tries to keep all their vows secretive. See, they have to be secretive because they're perverse, unjust. Now, another example is 
King David's oldest son, Absalom. And he wanted to rebel and become king and kill his father. So what he would do is he was a very handsome man, and he'd stand outside the city, and when someone was coming to the king for justice, he'd try to catch him before they got in to see the king, and he'd say, oh, you have a great cause here, but it's too bad that you're not going to get justice here. The king won't give you justice. But if I was king, I would certainly give you have a great case here. I would give you justice. And then he'd hug him and uh, pull him up to himself and kiss him on the cheek. And so the Bible says he stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Now, of course, he was promising justice while he practiced injustice. And this is what is happening with those who are promoting socialism and communism. They're telling our young people, you can't get any justice in capitalism. You've got to come over to socialism, and we will give you free college, and we'll give you Medicare for all, and we'll take from the rich, and we'll give it to you. It's the same old thing, practicing injust, promising justice when it's really injustice. How do you stop a nation from becoming a socialist or communist country? You pray for real justice, and you pray for it daily. You pray for truth and justice. You pray for God to raise up leaders who fear God and who tell the truth and who love justice and who refuse to take bribes. Now, maybe you thought, well, I just took that for granted. I just thought in America everything would go fine. Well, now wake up. Uh, I'm waking up, so I can say to you, hey, <laughs> God woke me up. Come on, let's wake up. we got to pray for justice. So everybody smile. All right, we're in it together. Now Solomon wrote this, and I saw something else under the sun. In the place of judgment, wickedness was there. In the place of justice, wickedness was there. I said to myself, God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked, for there will be a time for every activity and a time to judge every deed, Ecclesiastic chapter 3. So never again assume the courts will judge fairly. True justice comes from God, from godly people, from righteous judges who are few in number. Well, we must pray that God manifests his judgment or his justice in the earth uh, and, uh, and pray that daily. So here's a way to pray that daily. See, because it's so big, you could say, well, I prayed yesterday God would remove all injustice. Well, that doesn't mean it's all removed so here's what I pray. It's so big that I'll just say, Lord, today would you raise up one more just judge? Today would you raise up one more just uh, attorney general? Would Today, dear Lord, would you raise up another reporter who will report the truth? You see, because God hears prayers that are according to his will. So, of course, he wants to answer prayers for justice. If only you and I and God's people will wake up and pray for justice. My fourth point, God loves justice and blesses those who practice it. So let me give you some rapid-fire scriptures. Psalms 56, the heavens proclaim his righteousness, for he is a God of justice. Psalms 9:16, the Lord is known by his acts of justice. Psalms 11:7, for the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. Psalms 36, 6, your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your justice like the great deep. Psalms 45, 6, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. Psalms 89, 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Psalms 112.5, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Now, wisdom is speaking in Proverbs chapter 8 and says, uh, my fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and making their treasuries full. Well, a lot of wicked people have earthly riches, but they don't last, and they can't take them with them. So uh, wisdom, when we walk in paths of justice, will make us rich for all of eternity. Isaiah 1.17, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. In other words, you know, want justice for everybody, but uh, even for the weak, even for those who can't defend themselves, which would include the unborn, 
Now, Isaiah 28, 6, he will be a spirit of justice to the one who sits in judgment, a source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. That's an important scripture, Isaiah 28, verse 6. And what does it mean to turn back the battle at the gate? See, the devil can be conquering a whole nation and get to the very gates of the capital city. But if justice prevails, the battle will be turned back from defeat to victory. And what will make that happen? God will be a spirit of justice to the one who sits in judgment, a source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. So we need just judges, just mayors, just governors. We need just attorney generals or attorneys general, however you are supposed to pronounce that. Right? And that can, and if, if we pray that way, we can turn, turn the nation back away from being destroyed. If we're anointed with a spirit of justice, we will not passively let the devil win. We will not have an unbiblical attitude, whatever will be, will be. No. We'll pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And friend, in heaven, there is no injustice. There's no suppressed truth. Now ask God to anoint you with a spirit of justice. Then you'll be used in intercession at least and probably in other ways where you can speak up and write articles and be bold and turn back the battle at the gate. Here's a verse from Jeremiah chapter 9. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Well, our prayer, come, Lord Jesus, and exercise justice on the earth in the USA right now. And right now when I'm recording this is December of 2020. Amos chapter 5, verse 15, God says, Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. Well, if we'd maintain justice in the courts, God might spare America. Amos 5, 24, God says, Let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. One of the things I like about Oregon is their rivers don't go dry like in South Dakota where I grew up. Now, Isaiah 56. This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast. So I hope that makes the case for you that God blesses justice. He'll bless those who promote justice. Now, my fifth point, God hates injustice. And he judges it instead of blesses. He judges it. Isaiah 5, 7. And he looked for justice but saw bloodshed for righteousness but heard cries of distress. Woe to you. Well, you notice it says God heard cries of distress. God hears the silent cry. There's, there's videos uh, of, uh, you know, ultrasounds where the baby's being aborted and, start, and the arms and legs are starting to be cut off and the little child cries. It's called the silent cry. There's a movie about that. God hears that silent cry of the babies torn apart in their mother's womb. Now, abortion, the, the murder of the innocent, is a terrible injustice that brings God's judgment. And friend, America's massive debt is an example of God's judgment. Do you know that each taxpayer's share of the actual debt is, listen to this, your share if you're a taxpayer is $889,000. You see, our true national debt is over $137 trillion because that's all the unfunded liabilities. Now, that's from Truth and Accounting, our debt clock. The published debt, the one that our nation is admitting to having, is $27 trillion. Veronica West had a, had a vision showing that uh, she believes that uh, we're going to see abortion overcome in our nation, that the law is going to be changed. 
And then she saw that America would be freed from the curse of abortion and there would be a massive transfer of wealth that would come back to America. Well, how nice that would be because we're always saying there's no way to repay the debt. The debt's too crazy. Well, if the curse comes off, who knows how much God could bless this nation. So every day we should pray for justice for the unborn. Well, I've got, I've just admit to you, my friends, that uh, my prayers have greatly changed because uh, I just never realized justice was so vastly important. And my eyes are opened to the injustice all around. And I'm determined to fill God's heavenly court with the fragrance of my prayers for justice. Now, in Isaiah chapter 5, God says, Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and champions at mixing drinks, who acquit the guilty for a bribe, but deny justice to the innocent. Therefore, as tongues of fire lick up straw and as dry grass sinks down into the flames, so their roots will decay and their flowers blow away like dust. For they have rejected the law of the Almighty and spurned the word of the Holy One of Israel. Now, God judges injustice. All right? Every day, you know what? I, I love to do this every day. I, I try to go to bed real early, eight, between 8 and 9. And if you want to do early morning prayer, spend three hours with God, you say, well, I tried really hard. I dedicated myself to that. Don't dedicate yourself to that until you dedicate yourself to going to bed early and stop wasting the late hours of the night. And then when you go to bed early, you wake up between four and five and you get up. You can put on your coffee if you like coffee like me. And then you can begin to read your Bible until you really see the will of the Lord. Then you can have a great time of prayer. And, uh, you know, you, you'll get addicted to that. You'll just think, what a wasted day. If you don't spend that wonderful time with God, uh, just, well, anyway, I've been doing that for, for many, many months now. And so uh, my eyes are getting more open to things in the Bible that I've uh, looked over before and not really seen the, the meaning. The more you seek God, you know, the more he does open your eyes. And so Zechariah saw a vision of a flying scroll, 30 feet long and 15 feet wide, and it had writing on both sides. A flying scroll, like a flying carpet, only it's a scroll. And it's 30 feet long, 15 feet wide, and it had writing on both sides. And God said to him, this is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole land. For everyone who steals shall be cleaned out according to what is on one side. And everyone who swears falsely shall be cleaned out according to what is on the other side. I will send it out, declares the Lord of hosts, and it will enter the house of the thief and the house of him who swears falsely by my name, and it shall remain in his house and consume it, both timber and stones. Zechariah 5, verse 3 through 5. Now, always before, I'd read that and I'd think, well, boy, I sure don't want to steal. I sure don't want to lie because, you know, I want to stay far away from that curse. But today, I notice that that portion of Scripture contains a great promise of selective judgment. You see, when a nation is so full of injustice and lies and cheating and abortion, God could easily let the Chinese or the Russians or the North Koreans explode an atomic bomb in the upper atmosphere, fry all of our electrical systems. We would almost all starve to death within a year, even if we weren't invaded let alone if they begin to explode multiple bombs all over the country. We really live at the Lord's discretion. The, uh, we have no way of stopping a big, uh, vast uh, attempt to destroy us. And then the weapons are there to destroy us. We hope we have enough weapons to threaten them back so that, uh, you know, we're just kind of held in check and nobody attacks anybody else. But if God decided to give us over to destruction, it'd be a simple thing to do. So I'm always praying, God, remember now, you, you got Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot and his two daughters, you led them out by angels by the hand and you didn't sweep away the righteous with the wicked. 
So I'm always praying, God, is there some way you could send judgment and have it be selective? <laughs> have it just hit the really wicked and, and spare the righteous? And here God is promising, I'm going to send out a curse, but it's only going to enter the house of the thief and, and, the, and the one who lies and swears falsely. And so I'm thinking, wow, thank you, Lord. You really do uh, send selective judgment. Well, I, I'm all for that. Now, I'll just say something to you that who knows how much trouble I'll get into, but I'm, I'm praying a lot that the entire Democratic Party will become so discredited that it'll cease to be a political party. I also pray that regarding the Chinese Communist Party, and I ask God to free his dear people, the Chinese people, from the Communist Party. I ask God to free the blacks in America from the Democratic Party. Now, I pray that God's judgment will come upon those who use the media to cover the truth, or to, to uh, hide the truth and promote lies and slander through the media. I pray God's judgment will come selectively on them. They're the ones who, who lie and swear falsely. May it consume their networks. May it bring them to poverty. And may God raise up new networks who broadcast unbiased truth. Now, friend, if God is dead... If God's nature has changed, then this flying scroll of selective judgment is like a mothballed warplane in a museum, a curiosity from the distant past. But if God is alive, and if his nature is unchanging, as the word of God says, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then his own selective judgment is still at work, and he can target individuals, corporations, political parties for destruction while sparing those who practice righteousness and love truth and justice. Now listen, it's never out of date to fear God. Say that aloud. It's never out of date to fear God. God said through Isaiah, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Well, God hates it. When elections are stolen, he loves fair elections. Amos cried out, Seek the Lord and live, or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them, and Bethel will have no one to quench it. There are those who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground. He who made the Pleiades and Orion, those are constellations of stars, who turned midnight into dawn and darkens day into night, who calls forth the waters of the sea and pours them out over the face of the land. The Lord is his name. Now, what does it mean that he'll uh, seek the Lord and live or he'll sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire? That was the northern kingdom of Israel. And devour them, and Bethel will have no one to quench it. Bethel was the capital and so if, if our nation turns justice into bitterness, watch out. This same God is still alive. He hates injustice, and he can sweep through America like a fire, and he can devour the capital. Well, I want to fear him and obey him and pray for justice and practice justice. Now, Jeremiah prophesied that the Lord would not deny people their rights or deprive them of justice. And if anyone else denied people of their rights or deprived them of justice, he said the Lord would see such things. And then he said, who can speak and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it? Now, the fake news media outlets have all been announcing Joe Biden is the president-elect. But they cannot speak and have it happen unless the Lord decrees it. So we'll soon see what the Lord has decreed. I suppose he could decree judgment on America and give us a really bad administration. But uh, I'm, praying, I'm praying for justice to prevail. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon, and uh, he became very prideful. And God, through a dream and through the interpretation of the prophetic interpretation of the dream by the prophet Daniel, uh, he was told that God was going to judge his pride and give him the mind of a beast and that he would be driven from society for seven years. He would eat grass like an ox. And Daniel said, The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom 
of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. That's Daniel 4.17. So do you think God is still alive? Do you think he rules over the kingdoms of men? Do you think he gives it to whomever he will? Well, I pray that he'll give us someone who loves his own agenda and not the agenda of the Antichrist, that Antichrist spirit. I pray that God will show himself to America and to the nations of the world by making it obvious that he's in charge of who leads a nation, not the media, not the Democratic Party. My sixth point, God practices justice every day, first thing. Now, I've read and listened to the following scripture hundreds of times, and here it is, Acts 17, 31. For he has set a day when he will judge the world by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. So that's Jesus. Jesus is appointed by the Father to be the judge of the entire world. But it says he set a day when he'll judge the world. Now, it's easy to hear scriptures and get the wrong meaning from them. And if we read this wrong, we might, we might think that God's judgment's only going to come at the last day. He said a day when he will judge the world. Uh, but that could make it sound, you know, if we interpret it wrong, that uh, for decades or for centuries or even for thousands of years, we must endure injustice here on earth until we wait for that great judgment day. Now, another scripture that could be interpreted wrong, 2 Thessalonians 1, 5 through 9 says, This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also are suffering, since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and and on those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction. Remember, hell is forever. Oh, and, and they'll be away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his might. When, when, when uh, people don't want God, then in, in eternity when they die, every good gift is from God. So, that, so if their heart says, I don't want you, God, God takes with him every good gift. And there's nothing in hell that's good. Not one thing. Not even one drop of water, not one moment of rest. But when you read the scripture, you can think, well, yeah, God's going to give us justice and relief uh, when Jesus comes in the clouds and in the fire and, and all that. And, uh, but maybe he's not going to give me any justice today. But see, his nature is to give us justice all the time. And certainly there's going to be one great big uh, day of judgment but God gives just judgment every day. All right. Now, I want to show you a scripture that uh, says that. And it's just as important as the other two scriptures I read. It's Zephaniah 3, 5. And it says, the Lord within her is righteous. He does no injustice. Every morning he shows forth his justice. Each dawn he does not fail. <laughs> Now, I just love that scripture because I don't want to wait for 10 years to see justice or 20 years or who knows how long. I want God to show justice every morning, and he does, and he won't fail. And so I'm going to praise him that he's a God of justice, that he can target sin uh, individually with his righteousness. He doesn't have to destroy us all. He can use that flying scroll, all right? And he uh, isn't just going to wait to show uh, justice for some far-off day, although there will be a day of, of uh, total justice, but he gives justice every morning. Well, that's a wonderful scripture. Now, here's my seventh point. We must pray for and practice justice. See, I'm not a judge. I'm not an attorney. I'm not an investigator or a litigator, but I am an intercessor. I don't have a gavel with which to call a court to order, but I do have access to come into the Holy of Holies 
an appeal to the judge of the universe via the blood of Jesus shed for my salvation. Now, Veronica West is a lady I like to follow, and her website is hiskingdomprophecy.com. In 2017, she was taken to heaven in a vision and shown a heavenly courtroom, and the big double doors in the courtroom had a scales of justice deeply engraved into them. And when the doors were opened, there were four uh, warring angels standing in each of the four corners of the room, all ablaze with holy fire. And she writes, I stood still for a moment when suddenly the heavy double doors began to open in front of me. I stepped inside and on taking the first step, immediately I was overcome by a deep and dense fragrance that filled the air in this strange place. What is it, I ask? And immediately the spirit of revelation replied, my child, it's the sweet fragrance of the prayers and praises of my people. Now that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. You see, you, you, little old you, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you can add to the beautiful fragrance in God's holy, heavenly courtroom. And you do that when you pray for his justice to be manifested in our courts on earth. You fill that heavenly courtroom with that wonderful fragrance when you pray that truth will go out over our media and that attorneys general or uh, attorney generals <laughs> will prosecute the guilty and acquit the innocent. And you fill that room with that beautiful fragrance when you pray that the injustice of abortion will be overcome. You'll also fill that courtroom with fragrance when you praise God, that he is the faithful judge of the universe, that he's the ruler of men, that no scheme of the devil can outsmart him. Praise him, that as Zephaniah said, he shows forth his justice every morning and does not fail. Now in that vision in 2017, God showed her the nations of the earth and that they all had books. Some of them were sealed. And uh, when he showed her the book of the United States, he highlighted the map of the United States and made Texas stand out, but he never told her why. Well, we'll see what happens with the uh, Attorney General of Texas filing this lawsuit that could save our nation, that could determine who's president or be a part of that determination. It would have to go from the court to the House of Representatives. Now... While Veronica West was in God's heavenly courtroom, the Holy Spirit said to her daughter, Now go and tell my people to open their mouths and let the sound of my word go forth into the nations. Tell them the sound of my word now awakens the roar of the Lion of Judah across the land. Tell them that the sound of my word is a battering ram that goes forth to break down every stronghold of darkness and destruction. Tell them the sound of my word goes forth like a hammer that smashes rocks to pieces. Then he spoke again, saying, Daughter, go and tell my people to open their mouths and speak forth my word, and it will go forth to pierce and penetrate the, darkness, the, the darkest of darkness. Tell my people that the power of my word will forge highways in the realms of the Spirit for rivers of my glory to come. Tell them that when the fragrance of their prayers and their praises fill my nostrils, the books that are sealed shut will be opened and my transforming glory will come. My justice and vindication will come. My compensation will come and I will pour out healing and restoration upon their land. Daughter, now go and tell my people to eat my word and speak my word and run with the roar. Well, remember, dear friends, 1 John 5, 14 through 15. If we ask anything according to God's will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So pray for justice and fill God's heavenly court with the fragrance of your prayers and praises. And then go forth speaking God's word. Pray for justice every day. Watch for the injustice in the world. Your eyes will be opened. You'll begin to see it. And then you pray God will bring justice into those areas. And if we'll all do that, the body of Christ, we're the ones that have access to the courts of heaven. We're the ones that, uh, that others can stand in a court on earth. We can stand in the heavenly court. And we can get answers to prayer that the billionaires can't. 
Well, may the Lord use you. May a spirit of justice come upon you and use you to turn back the battle at the gate. May you be used to fill heaven's courtroom with the fragrance of your prayers for justice and your praises to the God of justice. I love you. God bless you. If you would like to partner with us at Encouragement Expert, please email us at pastorbacker at gmail.com or you can write P.O. Box 485 Cresswell, Oregon 97426. 